and either welcome or welcome back to At Least There's a Dog, a Star Trek Enterprise review podcast in which we will boldly go episode by episode through the Star Trek series that, whatever its flaws, undeniably has the most dog. We are your hosts, Mandy and Josh, and on tonight's show, we will be discussing season two, episode seven, The Seventh. Very clever. Yeah, so... It was not a Seventh Seal remake like I had hoped. It was not. Because I just think that that, that, you know, iconic scene would be great just with 3D chess instead of regular chess. Yeah, but that feels really more like it belongs in the original series. I'll agree with that. Which doesn't mean they wouldn't do it here. Yeah. Um, As far as the episode we actually got goes... It was... Not boring. It was better than last week's. That's a low bar. Yeah, it, it tripped nicely over that very low bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I'm not totally sure what I thought of this episode. Like, I think there was a good episode there. There were parts of but, it that I liked. I don't mm-hmm. think it was good. Yeah, I think the issue was that uh, it didn't make sense for the characters. No, and like... I feel like we are running into this a fair bit a lot with the show. Berman and Braga, have y'all seen Star Trek? <laughs> like, did, did you did you watch any of the Star Trek shows that you worked on previously? Presumably, eh, maybe not. Because I'm, I'm starting to wonder. All right. Like, I, I had already wondered this about a lot of the new Trek who, uh, they're, they're... They clearly haven't watched clearly Star haven't Trek. Clearly haven't watched yeah. Star Trek, but I'm starting to wonder about these two as well. Because they don't seem to be entirely clear on what a Vulcan is. That's a big thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. They they are not consistent at all. Nope. I feel like they are extremely bothered, more bothered than probably anybody else by the Vulcan culture of logic and no emotions, and they keep trying to explain it in various ways. Mm-hmm. But Also, are the Vulcans supposed to be the bad guys of this series? I get the sense that they're, you know, anti-heroes. I guess, because, like, they've always been kind of condescending jerks. Mm-hmm. Like, that's sort of built into their personalities, and that's fine, because, you know, they were our condescending jerks. But, I don't know, this show, they kind of seem to be making them out to be, at best, very amoral. I I think that this is... I think what they're going for is, like, the Vulcans are really good at certain things, but what they really need is humans to be their moral compass. <laughs> that's keeping perfectly within the Star Trek tradition. That, that's where I think they're going. Okay. Eh, that, I mean, that they will be better if they have humans to I mean, help okay, them. now I accept that Berman and Braga have in fact seen Star Trek. <laughs> Was it that easy? It, they're, they're getting into some of the spirit here. But uh, I, I do not accept that they have taken away the correct messages from Star Trek. Hmm, interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Still feels a heck of a lot more like Star Trek than, uh, let's say, Star Trek Picard. It does. Again, yeah. that's a very low bar that it nicely that tipped over. That is a low bar. Okay, yeah. It set some standards for Enterprise. My goodness, it's shown that it can reach them sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, shall I tell the people what the episode was about? Sure, go ahead. All right, so this was the seventh, because it was the seventh episode of the season. I refuse to believe they called it that for any other reason. 
Anyway, it's the middle of the night, and T'Pol is writing in her diary when she gets a call on her mid-1990s Macintosh, <laughs> sending her on a top-secret mission for the Klingon Chancellor, I mean the Vulcan High Command. We get a massive and confusing T'Pol backstory dump about her tortured past as a Klingon, I mean Vulcan, FBI agent, and how she now has to go apprehend a 17-years-on-the-run fugitive because something about honor... Seriously, are we we're, dealing we're with gonna, the Klingons or the Vulcans we're here? Gonna, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I know we are. She invites Archer along for the ride because, heaven forbid, Archer be out of the action for an episode. Also coming with is poor, sweet bystander Travis Mayweather, who gets lines, but at the expense of his youthful innocence. <laughs> the fugitive they've been sent to catch, Sen- Senator Kelly from the X-Men movies, is accused of smuggling bioweapons and other dastardly corruption, but he's doing his darndest to convince T'Pol that she's the one doing wrong. T'Pol is also compromised by some creepy brainwashing flashbacks. Meanwhile, back on the NX-01, there is a disappointingly underdeveloped B-plot about Trip Tucker being a terrible captain and Phlox wanting to give the whole crew diarrhea. (laughs) It's true, though! Is the fugitive, in fact, innocent? What's the deal with T'Pol's sketchy past? Who gets to rub down whom in the decontamination sauna later? The star of the show, Porthos, is a perfect gentleman. Seriously? Gives up his seat for T'Pol. Mm-hmm. Look Only had there. to be asked once. Mm-hmm. We know that our goose would have to be asked several times. She would probably have to be lured away with a treat, actually. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Um, yeah, that sums it up pretty well. Um, That's why it's a summary. But yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with with the biggest issue. It is that these I, I don't even think it's a, vol, a a Klingon sort of thing. Like the the way that it's it, it sounds more like a human thing. A little bit. Like this this is a story that would be good probably on a different show. Yeah, just like when they when they start obsessing over honor, I immediately go to the Klingons, except for the Klingons it's usually fun. Yeah, no, Klingons are, are fun about that. But yeah, I, I'll just go over right now. This is a big, probably the biggest minus is the quote. The ministry considers it a matter of honor. Referring to the fact that T'Pol has to be the one to go after this fugitive. So what happened to the Vulcan culture being based around logic? Yeah, that because doesn't make sense. My Now my sense of logic may very well be underdeveloped, but my logic tells me that it's not a good idea to send a 17 years out of training secret agent who was traumatized by her previous secret agent experience back then, into the field to deal with the same fugitive whose previous chase caused her the trauma. And uh, especially because like she's been memory wiped, not very well, I might add. Yeah. So, like... That was a crappy memory you're wipe. You're going to compromise this mission pretty darn hard. Like, aren't the Vulcans telepaths like a little bit they should like they should be able to do a lot better than this like for mind wiping for or for a mind wipe oh. yeah no well, but their brains are resilient and or something have extra memory spots or something i don't know but in any case yeah that is what my logic tells me if this is in fact that important a mission you should really send somebody else to do it yeah but like the the trauma of uh, killing someone and the uh, the secrecy and the like 
um, Menos, who whose name, by the way, like in Spanish, Menos just means less. Oh. So like más o menos, more or less. I like, kept. It's think- a common expression. I kept thinking of Manos, the hands of fate. Hmm. Yeah. No, I I just kept thinking of like Menos, like cuatro menos tres. Oh, that Uno. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's also a mythological king somewhere named Minos, but I don't remember what he did. That sounds vaguely familiar. Not Midas, but... Not Midas. There's another whose name is Minos. I don't remember what he did. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, that, that's all I kept thinking. Where was I? I completely lost my train of thought. You were talking about... Well, you oh, were, yeah. You were talking did. about the guy. Yeah, Minos. He doesn't act like a Vulcan. Like I realized he, really he was, doesn't. I was realized that he was trained to infiltrate. Uh, who was it? He was trained to infiltrate. Some I other forget their names. Species because they weren't reason. important. Yeah, um, and like I realized he was trained to act like a non-Vulcan, which means act like a human, apparently. Um, <laughs> but like he never seems anywhere close to acting like a Vulcan. No, like. He was not a Vulcan character. Even if he was, you know, species-wise Vulcan, like, his character wasn't a Vulcan. T'Pol's character in this episode wasn't really a also Vulcan. Also was not a Vulcan, yeah. Yeah, this was not an episode that makes sense to be about Vulcans. And that's my biggest problem. No, if anything, this would be an episode that would make sense to be about, like, Klingons or Romulans or one of Romulans the... I could see. Um... Klingons. Klingons, they'd have to make it a comedy episode, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it quite works out the same. But Romulans, this feels like it would work. Now, we don't have any Romulan main characters, this, so we can't do that. This but... could... This... Yes? Was there a Garrick episode with this plot? Probably. I think there was. So you could yeah, do it with Cardassians, Yeah, wasn't there an episode too. where Garrick had to go after someone who... He used to know from the oh, Obsidian I Order. And... Right, yeah, that did happen. And it works then. It just doesn't work here. But also it worked because, you know, that was Garrick's story. Yeah. They didn't just suddenly decide in the course of one episode, oh hey, guess what, everybody? Garrick has this checkered past that we didn't tell everybody about. No, they'd been building this up for a while for him. Also, so T'Pol was in like spying until until she suddenly went into the Vulcan Science Ministry yeah, and I is now like the science that. officer. Like, really? That's an odd career change. It is. Also, that was some garbage. Like, can't she just go into the science ministry or whatever because, you know, she likes science and Maybe not... she doesn't like science. And not because unspeakable trauma. Like, I yeah. prefer the explanation that she just likes science and is good at it. I, I would too. As someone who likes science and is good as it, and is good at it, I uh, that's like a good motivation. Like I'm doing science because I don't want to be in law enforcement. I'm doing that's a really that's a really weird reason to to do it. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, strange stuff. Yeah, but like. The it's episode fine. was wa- very watchable. It was, and it's fine, because this will probably never come up again, I say, hoping that this will never come up again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But, uh, we want to... But yeah, all in all, like, it was an enjoyable enough episode, just shouldn't have been about Yeah, Hawkins. like, it was fine, I guess, just it was what is even... It was very confused. It was a confused episode. 
It was an episode about different characters that they forced into this show. That's my, my take on it. Yes. Yeah, I accept that. All right. Shall we go to uh, pluses and minuses? First, do you have some trivia for me? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, a uh, little thing if you were watching this episode and had eagle eyes, or if you looked on Memory Alpha after watching the episode and picked up the most interesting thing you could find and then double-checked it, because who trusts, you know, wikis, um, by <laughs> looking at the, the episode and going to time code 11 minutes and 48 seconds, mm. you'll notice a critassin. Which doesn't make a lick of sense. No! Because at this moment, when you notice the Cretacin, they're in the middle of a bar fight. Not and a you bar know fight. What... No, they're like they're ordering a drink. Oh, is that what's happening? I yeah. thought that was after they started the bar no, fight. No, 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 no. This is like the establishing shot of the oh, bar. Oh, this is when they walk in? Yeah. So in any case, do you know what people do in bars? They eat. And they drink, yes. They consume things. And you know what Cretacins don't do in public? Yeah. So either that yeah. was a really rebellious Cretacin, or Berman and Braga have been mind-wiping themselves after every episode of Enterprise. I think what probably happened is uh, someone, I don't remember who directed it. David Livingston. David Livingston. I, I suspect what happened is he or whoever makes these sort of decisions says, all right, I want this bar where they find him to be a hive of scum and villainy like Moss Eisley <laughs> in Star Wars. I mean, I yeah, want that you is to immediately have, what I thought of. I want you to have, like, every kind of alien makeup you can possibly do. Like, make up a few of them. Use whatever we got in the closet. And they had some leftover Kretas and prosthetics lying around. That's exactly what I think happened. So they had to use them because they had to have as big a variety as they could. And they figured that nobody would notice. And they were almost right, because I sure didn't notice. Yeah, I didn't notice on the initial watch through, but... Heck, this is what wikis are for. The obscure, Indeed. trivial details that are fun to bring up. <laughs> okay, so yeah, surprise crustaceans. I almost called them crustaceans. Surprise oh crustacean <laughs> Easter egg in this episode. Yep, but yeah, other species, like, I'm pretty sure I saw some Klingons there. Yeah, we did. There are probably a bunch of other species that have names that I don't remember. We also saw, yeah, we also saw some things we've never seen before and we'll probably never see again. Mm-hmm. In two pluses and minuses? Sure. Because that's a pretty good segue into my first plus, which is that uh, I liked that bar and all the cool one-off aliens that were in it. Yeah. We're probably never going to see most of those aliens again, but there were a lot of, like, genuinely alien designs running around in mm -hmm. there. And it was clearly, you know, supposed to be the wretched hive of scum and villainy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it worked. Yeah, it did. Like it was a convincing alien dive bar. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I kind of love alien dive bars. Just like it is the one place where like aliens of every type live together in harmony. Yeah. It's the only place. I don't I also, know why, but dive bars are the, the only place where they all live together in harmony. Until somebody starts a fight, usually one of the main cast members. I also love that so many different alien cultures have the concept of a bar. Or maybe some of them don't realize it's a bar. They just figure, this is the place to go if I want to hang out with friends that are not my own species. Yeah, and that's pretty much a bar. Like, these establishments are usually serving beverages of some sort. Yeah. It's also the only place to, like... I, I assume it's the only Hello, thing to do dog. there. Because this planet does not look... Uh, Hospitable? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it reminds me of Novaria from Mass Effect. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it looked cold. Yep. Mostly. It also looked like CG. 
Well, it, it, it was pretty darn CG. I'm pretty sure. Okay. What you got? Um, I'm going to start with the beginning of the episode. I like Archer's breakfast in his chair. <laughs> okay. Like Archer is having, in, in, towards the beginning when T'Pol bothers him, he's having his breakfast. It looks like he's got some French toast there. Um, and he's got this weird chair that is, it's kind of like, um, like a comfy version of one of those school chairs mm-hmm. that has the little half desk that yep. you, on, on the right side, if you're a right-handed student. And on um, the right side also, if you're a left-handed student, because they never had enough left-handed desks oh, for the left-handed kids. They, yeah, that's, that's a, yes. Um. <laughs> I'm not a lefty, but I had dear friends who were. Uh, but yeah, it's like, like, that's a nice thing to eat breakfast on. Yeah, it's like, I don't think he was eating like his breakfast in front of the TV, seat. but that would be ideal for just yeah, like, Yeah, it's like you know. love seat size and comfort plus that little half desk. Yeah. Good stuff. We need more of those. Okay, cool. Um, there was not nearly enough of the comedy, but I liked it. Oh, the... Um... <laughs> the B-plot that was... Um, Badly underdeveloped, but man, I wish they had spent more time on that. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, I actually had something very similar. I have just plus that says, Cal beat Stanford 7-3. to three. <laughs> That was good. Yeah, no, that was a great... I very much appreciate that Admiral Forrest, whom we do not see a lot of, and whom we did not actually see in this episode, but who, you know, shows up from time to time to be a friend, just like took this opportunity to troll the heck out of the Vulcan captain. No, I, um, yeah, no, I don't think so. He was trolling the Vulcan No, captain. no, he just, like, uh, told the Vulcan, he wanted to get the mess. No, if anything, he's trolling Archer. He's kind of trolling them both. Like, he's, I, I don't, Archer went to Cal, right? I think I'm so. I'm pretty sure Archer went to Cal. Yeah. And, um, I don't know where Admiral Forrest went. I assume also Cal? Probably. Uh, because I don't think he'd be sending messages through Vulcan captains if uh, his team had lost. Probably. But uh, I think he just, like, he thought it would be fun. Like, you know, it's it's funny. You can have the sports support from a Vulcan captain. Yes. And, wanted, you know, wanted to let uh, Archer know. I still think he was messing with the Vulcan captain a little maybe, bit. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, anyway, the... The thing that happened, if you didn't watch the episode, because I guess it's possible some of our listeners don't watch the episodes before they... Uh, I suppose that's possible. Yeah. Um, uh, Trip is acting captain, and apparently this is the first time that he's had to do this, which is like... Because he's so bad at it. He's really bad at it. You would think that like he would have done this before, given that Archer goes on every single away, miss- away mission. Yes. And Though I guess usually T'Pol is acting captain in those cases, but T'Pol is much better at it than he Oh, is. I guess that's right. T'Pol would be act- acting captain then, yeah. I guess you'd need a, a situation where both Archer and T'Pol are off the ship for an extended But also, period. just Trip, how did you become a commander without learning how to command? Yeah, he was, he was really bad at it. In any case, um, the Vulcan... Captain really wants to speak with Archer, and so he decides he'll pretend to be Archer, and does a bad job of it. He fooled the Vulcan captain. He he put the fourth little pip on his uh, uniform to give him the captain's rank. I did see that. That was good. Yeah, Um, and it turned out that that important message from the Vulcan captain was just a sports score. 
Which, thank goodness, because if it had been anything other than that, he would have totally screwed the pooch. <laughs> but even then, he was like, He was like, in the extreme process of pooch screwing, regardless. He's like, oh, I'll let him know. And the Vulcan captain's like... Let who know? Yeah, and he's like, it's classified. Right. I guess that's as good a cover-up as any. Yeah. Uh, anyway... That, hoping, that whole subplot was fun. Yeah, and I was hoping they would... I, I don't know if I actually would have liked this had it happened, but I was hoping they would run with that diarrhea subplot a little bit more. I did not need that to continue. Um, maybe next episode will all be about diarrhea. Um, like I said, I don't know if I actually want this, but it sounded amusing. <laughs> and I was kind of done with the A-plot at that point. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I was hoping that... Uh, uh, at some point, Trip would like debrief with Archer. Yeah. About how to go while it's gone. Mm-hmm. No, all it was was just like ready to go to warp. So you get to tell me what you did. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, nothing about nothing about water polo. Nothing about uh, the dining room or the virus that's apparently ravaging <laughs> the station now because Trip can't make a decision on whether or not to let people have the vaccine. Uh, yeah. Oh, I wanted to believe he'd be better at being acting captain than that, but Connor Trenier is a very good comedic actor, so I'm reasonably happy with what we got. Yep. Your turn. Okay. Um, I liked the uh the the search scene through the bar. Mm-hmm. Like the camera work was really good. It it was very interesting, and there were, there were lots of neat little like now you see him, now you don't. It was a good cat and mouse sequence. Yeah. Music was good, too. Mm-hmm. Your turn. Oh, okay. Uh, Not all of them are long. Uh, Bruce Davison, who played Manos, was good. Oh, yeah. No, he... He, he wasn't given a whole lot to work with, but... Uh, he acted. He did. He made the character... Like, I was actually kind of mad when we found out he was really a bad guy at the end, because, like, for one thing, I thought that was cheap. Like, oh, we were right all along. All hail the Vulcan High Command. But uh, but I, I was certainly convinced that he was just, you know, an innocent who had gone native. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's it's like we have the seeds of doubt about the Vulcan, so it, it kind of works. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of would have been okay with it uh, either way. Um, I just thought the reveal, the way they did it, was very cheap. But we're not into minuses yet. We're not into minuses yet. Um, I like that Travis caught him. Yeah. Like, Travis Travis said... Travis got to do stuff. Travis had six lines through the entire episode, by my count. Mm -hmm. Um, Two of those, at least, were I, sir. Yep. I think maybe three of them. (laughs) If if not three of them, another was at least a a variant of I, sir. Yeah. Um... Very little dialogue. His best line, though, was, don't move. <laughs> there, yeah. After he apprehends the fugitive. Yeah, no, good job, uh, Travis apprehending the fugitive. Although he uh, does not seem to like being left alone guarding the fugitive. Well, I don't blame him. Like that face that this he had? This is not what he signed up for. That face he had there in the... That was the face of a man who has seen things. <laughs> Or just has no idea what to do. No. I'm here in an alien bar and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm guarding a prisoner, but 
a prisoner that I've been told is extremely dangerous. And so he's just sitting there in this state of stark quivering terror because he's just the pilot. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't supposed to be the one who caught the fugitive. Uh-huh. All right. You got anything else? Yeah. Um. Again, they were kind of doing what they could with what they had, but Bakula and Jolene Blaylock did a good job playing off each other. Hmm. They, they often do. They do. No, they work well together. I don't always think the most of, like, well, either of them, though I consistently hold Jolene Blaylock's acting in higher regard than Scott Bakula's. Um, but uh, they work well together on screen. They tend to bring out the best in each other. Cool. Um, my last one is, uh, I, while it wasn't a Vulcan reaction, I liked the the scene with the uh, injector casings and uh, T'Pol, like, going around trying to find like to paul getting furious because she wasn't finding what she thought she was gonna find yeah which yeah it was like, not a vulcan it reaction was incredibly not vulcan like just yeah but it was a cool scene and uh for another character it would have been a great scene yeah yeah uh anything else uh nope minuses minuses my first minus is just what even are vulcans now but That's we already kind of went over We've that. We've already talked about that. Yeah. Um, here's a really minor one. Uh, at the end of that searching hide-and-seek game, uh-huh. uh, Archer just jumps up on one of the bar tables and whistles. Which, like, you call him Porthos, buddy? What? Like, it, it, it worked. You're lucky that uh, the person you're after... A, decided that whistling would be a good sign to reveal themselves, and B, that their aim was poor. Yes. Because both of those things needed to be true for that to work, and... uh, You had no guarantee of either of those things. Seriously, you lucked out. That was a really dumb tactical move. Yeah, that was dumb. It was consistent with Archer generally being dumb. Yes. Archer being this dumb continues to be frustrating. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Can we not make it a thing where T'Pol gets mind-raped at least once a season? Like, I realize this was a past mind-rape, and also, like, I guess she did kind of, like, ask for it, because, you know, they performed the ritual with her knowledge and consent. But, like, it still very clearly messed her up. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to put it in the mind-rape category, and, like, just, can we not? It would be nice. It would be nice if there are a lot of things they shouldn't do to DePaul that they do to DePaul on a regular basis. Like, there was no hypersexualization of her in this episode, so I guess props for that, although I'm going to stop giving you props for stuff you don't do soon. But this is a, this is a trying repeated plot line that I could very much do without. Like, mm-hmm. you can create drama around the female characters without just having terrible violations of their person happen to them. Agreed. At least they're not doing this to Hoshi yet. I will fight them. Yep. If they do that. Yep. Anyway, um, another minus. This is an episode where a lot of the episode depended on lack of communication. Yep. And I hate that. I don't like stories where you could solve a lot of problems if two people who talk to each other regularly, and trust each other, don't talk with each other to cause the plot to move forward. You are thinking of Archer and T'Pol, I assume. 
to a large extent, I'm thinking of Archer and T'Pol. Um, especially T'Pol when she just runs off uh, yep. onto the acid snow to look for things in the ship. Uh, like, that was... She could have said where she was going. Yep. But she didn't. Yep. There was... There also, was is, there, a, is there a reason they couldn't tell the acting captain of the ship what was going on? Yeah, it's not clear it to seem, me. It seems like that might have made him a little bit more comfortable in his position. It was... Which, it, don't you want that when the guy's going to be running your ship? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not going to tell anybody. He's not a total moron. Yeah. No, there was, there was a lot of lack of communication. It was highlighted, and it didn't need to be there. Yep. Uh... Are y'all going to pay for that bar that you burned down? <laughs> yes. That's a good point. That just this... like they dropped onto this planet, caused a giant fight in somebody's bar, set somebody's bar on fire, and then left. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is wrong with you people? Who's paying for that? I hope the Vulcans do. I think the Vulcans deserve to. Did the Vulcans pay for things? They better. Yeah, they better. But this seemed to be of no concern to our heroes. Nope. Yeah. Um, a minor little thing. Uh, we get a glimpse at Paul's keyboard at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> what the heck? On her Macintosh. That was like, that's a very useless keyboard. <laughs> it was probably fake. What do you mean? Just, you know, not a functional keyboard. Or a keyboard that they found in the prop shop from I mean, the 1970s. It, it, it was a prop, yes. But, like, like I get that T'Pol might have, like, a Vulcan keyboard or something. And I, I hope that we aren't using QWERTY by uh, <laughs> by the 22nd century. Surely but like, the Vulcans have more elegant keyboards than that, though. Yeah, though, that was a terrible like, keyboard. Come like, on, designers, use your imaginations. Like, if you're going to have that few keys, the keys should be closer together and the whole thing should be smaller and usable by one hand. Uh, yeah. The, 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 blah, blah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, this one is nitpicky, but Archer has a line when they're talking to what's his face, Minos, when he says, "Why should she believe a fugitive and not her government? Do you <laughs> trust the Vulcan High Command?" Yeah. Like, even if the answer is yes, come on, dude. People's governments lie to them all the time. And uh, we've seen the Vulcans do that before. We've seen the Vulcans do that to T'Pol. Like, why should she trust the Vulcan High Command at this point? Okay, that's a fair fair little point there. Um, why was... Why was Minos' ship unlocked? He's very lax with security, apparently. Or, I mean, I think everyone is. Like, this like, is... I think he, I think he wanted them to get in at the end, but I'm not sure why it was unlocked the first time that T'Pol broke in. Yeah, like, they, it, yeah, just like, I don't think anyone locks their ships. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. Like, no one locks their ships or shuttle pods or anything. Anyone can just open. Especially when you're carrying radioactive green water bottles full of toxic bio-waste or something. Yeah, like, you would think you would lock the door. You would think. Or at the very least, you don't want somebody barging in and taking your guns, which everybody also carries on their ships. And also, like, they go in and they turn it, uh, turn everything on. Like, there's no ignition switch with a key. There's no password. There's, there's no... no... There's no, like, voice authentication. Just, like, 
Come on, people. Yeah, you need a better ship security system. Is this something that's like... How the heck did he manage to evade capture this long? (laughs) Is this something that's like normal? I don't know. Hmm. Like, I could believe that, you know, since everything is perfect and wonderful and peace on Earth back on Earth now, I would believe that, like, maybe it's fallen out of fashion for people to lock their doors in this weird Roddenberry utopia they have, but everywhere... Yeah, and especially if you're a smuggler of dangerous things. If you're a smuggler of dangerous things on a planet that is clearly full of other dangerous people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was the point of this episode? Is the final thing on my list. Like, it... what did this episode do for the show? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe they're trying to establish Paul's backstory? Yeah, but I hate if this they... backstory, so they should stop. <laughs> It's not a good backstory. Um, And they're going to forget about this backstory soon, because she's going to go back to being the Vulcan science officer who is very Vulcan-y. That seems likely. So yeah, if they do forget about this backstory, then yes, there's no point to it at all. Like, it was not a terrible story. It just seemed like, why did we need this story? Yeah, like, it was... Why is this story in the show? It's a decent story, but it doesn't belong with the characters that were assigned to it. Also, um, this is kind of related to that i guess but uh, the comedy was on my pluses list but this episode had some tone problems we were going back and forth between in one scene we're seeing the after effects of T'Pol's mind rape and her realizing what happened to her and the resurfacing of past trauma and then in the very next scene we have trip malcolm and flux eating sausages for lunch and discussing the crew's impending diarrhea <laughs> it it was a a shift. Like, these two stories did not belong together. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, minus. So, in the end, like, T'Pol does, like, the right thing and shoots um, Manos on stun. Uh, are you telling me that when she was with the Vulcan security force... Their weapons didn't have a stun setting. Or she didn't just have her phaser on stun by default. Yeah. Like, what? Why? Really? Like, apparently you were terrible at this job, so it's a good thing that you found something to get you out of it. Like, was your job really to bring them back, or was your job to murder them? I had questions about that, because it sure seemed like she was an assassin. Yeah, because... That's the sort of thing you would want to wipe from her memory. Yeah. If she was an assassin. Like, that's, that's nice and, like, I don't know, Soviet or something. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Vulcans had stun settings 17 years ago. Use them. Yep. Would have avoided a whole lot of crap. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. And the, the, yeah, I think that's, a, that's enough. That's enough. In which case, it is time for the Mayweather report and forecast. We were both wrong this time. Yep. Like, pleasantly wrong. Yeah, Mayweather had a few more lines than either of us predicted. So I had guessed one, you had guessed two, you were closer, but close only counts in horseshoes. I think. We haven't actually established the rules for this. I think we decided that close didn't count. Fair enough. Just uh, getting it on the money, dude. Yeah, also... Mayweather has either had more than four or, four or more or zero lines in every episode so far this season. It's true. Yeah. He's either featured a pretty considerable amount or he's just not there. Okay. 
So I think that brings us to the forecast. It does. The next episode is The Communicator, which appears to be about Malcolm Reed losing his cell phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put this in the Mayweather is not even in this episode category. I'm, guess, I'm guessing zero. All right. I'm going to live dangerously, and I'm going to say three. So zero versus three has been your Mayweather forecast. All right. Then lastly... We have a Kirk Award. Mm-hmm. Every show, we bestow the James Tiberius Kirk Award on the character who spends the episode keeping the Star Trek legacy alive by doing the best William Shatner impersonation. It's Archer. Is it? Do we have Ooh. to? Would it, would, do you have something else? Um, I was getting some pretty strong uh, Archer, I need my pain vibes from T'Pol. Interesting. In this episode. Interesting. Like, she was acting totally out of character for T'Pol. Oh. And she was acting... Also, I think I just called them Archer. I need my pain vibes. But uh, I'm talking about Kirk, of course. Like, she was super mm. out of character for herself. But she was doing a pretty good Kirk. I was thinking... I was thinking Archer was doing a pretty good Spock. You need to basically act like a, a human. Yeah, they did a role reversal. Hmm. Because Archer was the grounding, logical one this time. Like, it doesn't make sense, but no, it's what I mean, happened. No, the whole, the whole thing didn't quite make sense. So what do you want to do? I My vote's still for T'Pol. Solidly? Like, we could give it to both of them. We could, but that's yeah, boring. Okay. Um, I thought it was Archer, but you know, I'm not like super duper... Let's do two in a row for T'Pol. I think that's fun. All right, T'Pol, congratulations. You, you get a consolation prize after the script beat you up. That's that's fair. That's deserved. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? Nope. All right, cool, because we've already run a bit long. As always, Bonus thank content. you. Bonus content. Yes, dear. As always, thank you for listening. If you are enjoying this, please tell all your friends and family to join the crew. If you're really enjoying this, please consider leaving us a rating or review or signing up for subscription on the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to tell us how we have brightened your day, or if you have suggestions for the show, shoot us an email at at least there's a dog at gmail.com. And if you are watching along with us, your next viewing assignment is The Communicator. Malcolm Reed's cell phone. <laughs> take care of yourselves, and until next time, remember to go wherever your heart will take you. Bye. Bye. Okay, so this we're recording now. Yeah, we seem to be totally inside the uh, the appropriate yeah. range. Remember that it picks up literally everything you do, so no weird foot tapping. Was there a lot of weird foot tapping last time? There was a significant amount of, I don't even know what it was, weird background sounds. Like this? There was a lot of shifting on the couch, but there was definitely a point where we got into weird foot tapping. What are you even doing? Sounds. <laughs> Well, we got a blooper for the end of this one. <laughs> we sure do. Okay. Sound check successful.
Okay, should I should I do the do the opening? One sec. <laughs>